Hi, my name is Lindsay Adams, and you are listening to Mindful as a Mother. I have been so excited to tell you that my course is finally ready. I will be launching soon, and I cannot wait for you guys to see this. The topic is coping for kids, how to help your child manage difficult emotions without the meltdown. I know that so many of you are going to love and benefit from this. So if you want to get on my waiting list to find out more information as soon as it's available, go to the link in the show notes and put your name and email in and then you can be the first to know. Okay, so you know I love KiwiCo. You know that I love spending one-on-one time with my kids. Every month, I am just in awe about how affordable it is, how well it's put together, and how much my kids love it and are engaged by it. Everything is portioned out. There's the amount of supplies that you need so you don't have 7,000 googly eyes You don't have to go to Michael's 16 times. And I I really think I did the math on this latest box. And to get the supplies for one of the activities, I would have had to spend more than I spent on my whole month for the box. So if you had any hesitation, this is your permission. Order it now. Your kids will thank you. Your relationship with your kids will thank you. Go to the show notes and click on the link and then enter your email to get 30% off your first box. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for therapy or the therapeutic relationship, and the information given in this podcast is purely for educational purposes and is not intended to replace the advice of a professional. Hello and welcome back to Mindful as a Mother. I am here with Gaylene Moyers and she is the founder of the Love Heart Project. Hi, Gaylene. Hi, Lindsay. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited that you're here today. How are you doing? I am doing very well, thank you. And I am excited to be here as well. I could give you your your bio, but I always feel like it's better if the person gives their own bio. So tell everyone a little bit about yourself and what the Love Heart Project is. Okay. So, um, as you mentioned, my name is Gaylene and I founded the love hard project after, um, we lost, um, my daughter Kylie, who was 24, um, and pregnant with her first baby in a car accident in December of 2016. And, um, what it actually originally turned out to what, what I wanted it to be at first was I just kind of wanted a place where we could just go. And there was a lots of positive things because it was 2016. It was the elections and everything was just, it was super, super negative. And so I just wanted a place where like you could have, you know, share fun things or positive things. And then because I had written a little um, spiel on there about like why I founded the Love Hard Project and, you know, how Kylie was just um, so full of life and she was positive and she wanted to make a change in the world. Then just started to where people were like sharing their own, um, like their own grief journeys and their own sadness and, and anger, you know, whatever they were feeling about the ones that they lost. Um, And so I just kind of let it go that way. And now it's more of a place, we're still very positive, but it's really just a more of a place where people can come and 
say what they want to say in a safe place and, um, you know, and feel like they're not being judged and where they can get some support. I I have to warn you, I'm probably going to cry in this interview and Paige, who most people know that I'm good friends with Paige, told me that I, it's okay to cry in this interview. So, because this is uh, one of my, I think the hardest things that I can't imagine facing is losing a child. And so I just feel so deeply for anyone who is going through that or, or has experienced that. And so I think it's so great that you were able to take that pain and turn it into something really positive and amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so important to do that. And everybody has their own, um, you know, their own way of grieving and, and everybody has a totally, you know, different stories of, you know, how their child died or, you know, their loved one. Um, and we all just process that so differently. Um, but for me, it was really easy to process that as, you know, once I, once I recovered and once I kind of went through the steps to heal, um, I really wanted to process that through serving other people and, um, you know, just bringing some positivity and healing because it's, it's hard. Everybody goes through the journey differently and it's devastating to so many people. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about how Kylie passed away and what that grief journey has been like for you? Sure. So she was in a car accident. She was going to, um, she lived in a town in Oregon over in central Oregon. Um, and she was going to bend Oregon to play basketball. She was, the church had like an open gym where they all just got together and play basketball. And, um, so she was headed to bend and, um, for some reason, um, she just, she had to to swerve and she went across like three lanes of traffic and when she went across the oncoming lane um her car was hit by um, a large suv um and she uh, died on impact so it just um the the crash broke her neck and so she died on impact um so that's you know that's the basis of the story we don't really know like why she swerved if somebody was like stopping in front of her and she was swerving to try to um, you know, avoid an accident. We're not really sure about that. I think one of the things with grief that can be so hard is we don't have all the answers and you definitely have that in this. I'm sure someone in your situation could think like, I, I need to know why she swerved or what was going through her head or those things. And, and those are answers that you just don't always get in loss. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it was hard to process that for a long, long time. You know, and then I just, I just had to realize that worrying about it wasn't going to change anything. Like it wasn't going to bring her back. Um, maybe it would have given me a little bit more closure to understand why that happened. But like, sometimes we just have to, you know, we just have to carry on without knowing exactly why every little thing happens. Um, because if we do that, then we lose out on a lot of, um, like a lot of positive and wonderful opportunities that would pass us by if we just sat and worried about things all the time. Mm -hmm. So what was it like to go through the grieving process of, of losing her and and a grandchild at the same time? Yeah. Um, So, you know, at first it was, it was just devastating. In fact, my oldest son is the one that called and told me the news and I was just leaving. Um, 
an elderly lady's house that I that I went to her home two or three times a week she had had a stroke and so I was taking care of her and um Zach my oldest son called me you know to tell me the news and I just you know I just remember like pulling over to the side of the road oh I'm sorry that's okay um and just you know just yelling please god don't take my baby mm-hmm. and he just was he's just kind of like my strong my my rock through all of it and um he just sat and listened and um you know supported me and then once i realized that I needed to go home um, because my youngest daughter was there and her phone wasn't working. Uh, Their dad called all the rest of the kids and then I went home and told my youngest daughter, which, um, you know, losing a child is awful. And that was probably the worst thing that's ever happened in my life, but the hardest thing I've ever had to do was go home and tell uh, my daughter that her sister had died yeah. because they were really, they were really close. Like Kylie pretty much, um, you know, raised Cecily a lot. They hung out together. She taught her to tie her shoes um, and just really encouraged her in sports and in life and just gave her really good advice. And um, so that was, that was really, really tough. And then just all of the, all of the things surrounding, like, now what do I do? You know, so at the beginning, um, I just, I had to just stay busy because there were so many things to do. I needed to you know, we needed to all get together and figure out where we were going to have her service and, um, you know, print the programs and decide what songs we were going to sing and who was going to speak, you know. So we all processed that we all got to meet together at Zach's place because um, it was big enough for all of us. And, and we just made those plans. And, and I think a lot of the healing came from being together, just like all being together mm-hmm. and I'm so blessed because my kids, you know, they bicker once in a while, but like, there's no um, rift between them where like, they're not talking to each other or, you know, they have those hard feelings. And so I think being all together like that and just um, having fun and looking at old pictures and talking about Kylie was super helpful in that process as well. Yeah. And I can imagine. So one, uh, like, so you're grieving, right. As a mother, and that's really difficult, but then you're watching all your other children grieve as well and grieve in different ways. And you want to help them grieve, but you're grieving. And it just seems like such a, such a struggle between like being present as a parent and holding space for their emotions and also giving yourself time to, to grieve and process what's just happened to you. Yeah, it's pretty heavy. Like that all was really heavy um, on my heart. And, um, you know, bless them. They, they were all super concerned about me. And, and I, um, and so again, I'm so lucky to have, you know, kids like that. And they just, they're just really supportive. And they just look out for me all the time. And, 
uh, we just were able to get through it. Do you feel like this experience has changed your perspective at all on motherhood or on um, how you show up in life every day? Or is it something that, I mean, I, it, it's hard and, oh gosh, if you could change one thing in your life, I'm sure that that would be the one thing, but I just, I'm interested if there's anything you see that like maybe a little bit of good has come from it. Oh, there's tremendous amounts of good that have come from it. So my perspective as far as like just being a parent is that I want to be able to, I want to be able to let all of my, my other children know that, you know, the reason that I was able to get up and carry on was just because I didn't want them to feel any less important than Kylie. So I didn't want them to think that I was just grieving this one person and all the rest of them weren't important um, because like, you know, they were all still here. And so they're, they're my, you know, they're my joy. Like the biggest joy are my kids and my grandkids. And so first of all, that really helped me to, you know, remember that they're all very important as well. Um, one thing that really changed was the energy that I allowed to be in my life. Like if there were, if there was like negativity and, you know, people talking about one another, I, I just, I just became very aware and very selfish with the energy that I allowed to have around me um, because grieving is hard and it takes tons of energy and I just didn't need anybody pulling that, you know, giving, giving me negative vibes or trying to pull my positive energy away from me. Mm-hmm. So those were the big things. And then I just, um, you know, we all, we all just realize how, um, how short life can be, you know, it's like nothing, you're, the next minute is not guaranteed. And so I think that's helped us all to really like change our outlook and change our perspective on, um, you know, what, how we're treating people and how important our families are. And just, you know, being that positive light for people who, you know, who may be struggling. I mean, my kids are, I think we have all learned, but they have learned how to reach out and, you know, support someone who's going through a loss. Um, They know people who've lost their siblings and so they can relate to that. And so they're very empathetic about, about, you know, people's losses and, and, and their struggles. Um, And that's just, I, I believe that's how you know, Kai really wanted to make a difference um, just as far as the, just like putting something positive out there and, and just being happy and adventurous. And that's really the way that we've um, pretty much turned out to be, you know, take every opportunity and take every single piece of that opportunity and enjoy it to the fullest, no matter what. I love that. And what is your biggest tip for someone who's going through losing a child? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, well, I think my biggest tip, like the biggest quote, I think that I say most of the time is 
it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to never be okay. So healing is intentional and it takes work. It's hard, but so is like carrying around all of the grief and the anger and the guilt and the regret. So we just, you know, we just have to pick our hard, like it's going to be hard to heal, Mm -hmm. but I truly believe it can be done. Mm -hmm. Um, And healing doesn't mean that like you're over it and you're never going to think of your child again. That's not what healing is about at all. It's just being able to, you know, put things into perspective so that you can move, you know, through your day um, even when you have that grief, you still can have some peace and some, um, you know, and some purpose in your life. When you say healing is intentional, what are some things you intentionally did? I know you mentioned one, like I am going, I need to get out of bed and show my other children that they are also important. What are other things that you intentionally did in this healing? I want to say process. Cause I feel like you never get to the end. You're never completely healed, but that you've but done this journey. Yeah. You get to one spot and then it's like, oh, there's something else that that we can do. Um, So one of them, I think some of the processes were that um, I allowed myself to feel what I was feeling. And as much as I could, I allowed whatever emotions that I had to like present themselves. So when I went back to work, you know, all of my people knew what had happened. So when I went back to work, I said, okay, I might need you guys to, to have my back because at any moment I could break down. It could be a smell. It could be somebody's voice. It could be anything. So, um, so I wasn't afraid to tell the people that were surrounding me most of the day that I might need some help from them. And, and I still do that. Like the job I have now, it's been four and a half years. And I still say, mm, today's not a good day, girls. I might have to have you, you know, cover for me or something like that. I think it's really important to have people around you that are supportive of you. And even if they don't understand what you're going through to let them come in and be a support system. Then I also had to figure out what my... Um, like what, what my beliefs around death were. (laughs) I also lost my parents when I was 19 and very pregnant with my first child. Hmm. Um, And, and I realized that, and then, so then my brother and sister came to live with us. Um, So I realized that my beliefs around death at that time were, okay, I'm the oldest and these children depend on me. So I have to be strong for them. And that was so awful for all of us involved. I didn't grieve their deaths, um, health, you know, in a healthy manner. They didn't because I didn't give them the opportunity to like they heart. I don't think they saw me cry maybe more than three times, you know, in front of them. Um, I never asked them how they were feeling. I never asked them how I could help them grieve because I just didn't know. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, so just being able to you know, just being able to recognize when things aren't healthy and, you know, you've got these myths that, oh, you're supposed to be strong. You can't let people see you cry. Um, You know, if you just keep yourself busy, then you can forget about them. There's so many things out there that are so, you know, in the 21st century, we're still not dealing with grief in a way that's healthy for anyone. 
Yeah. And I think that um, oftentimes when I'm talking to someone who's like adjacent to the person who's grieving, they they just want to do something. They just want to help. But as humans, we don't know what to do. And so sometimes as the person grieving, we need to tell people how to help us. We need to say like you do at work, I need you to cover for me if I break down at any moment, or maybe it's, you know, that I need you to set up a meal uh, like schedule or, you know, whatever that is, or just listen or not talk to me about it. Talk to me about anything else, but that because everything, everyone else is talking to me about that. So I think it's just really important to be able to, to communicate and vocalize what, what, what you need as the person who's grieving, because people want to be there. They just don't know how to show up. And so we kind of have to guide them a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And, and that kind of comes later in the process, because when, you know, when we're first in that, um, in that shock, in that grief stage, you know, we don't even really know what we want. We don't know what we need because it's never, well, actually, people have lost more than one child, but, you know, but in that first stages, it's not like, we don't know what we need. We've never gone through this before. And so, um, and so one of the best things that I feel like, because I didn't know either, like, I didn't know how to, how to approach people or what to do for them until this happened to me. And so um, a lot of times it's just, if you, if you just don't say anything, you know, it's to say, you know, this really sucks. And I am so sorry, you know, do you need a hug? That kind of a thing. Um, and then just maybe sit and hold space for them and they might not say anything, or they might just really want to talk about their child because, you know, each time, um, each time we talk about our child and like retell that story, it helps us to just get rid of one, one more of like that layer, um, of, of grief, you know, so that we can kind of like move through that then. And then all of a sudden we don't need to tell that story so often and so detailed because we've, we've kind of processed that. It just, it takes a little bit. It's just a good thing that all of that stuff doesn't come all onto us at the very same time because our bodies couldn't handle it. Like, you know, we would probably, I don't know, pass out or something, you know, from the grief, but we just learn things in you know, in, in like layers and in little pieces here and there, and then we're able to handle that. And then we can move on and handle something else. Yeah. That's really, I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I can imagine the, the denial and the shock in the beginning. And is this real is so intense for so long that when you do start feeling and, and starting to accept that this is the reality, there's a lot of really intense emotions that come up with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not linear, like healing isn't linear. Um, you know, you have like, you know, the, the processes of, you know, anger and denial and, and bargaining and, you know, how um, that the steps that you go through, but you might not start with, you know, with the denial part of it, you might just be really angry, or, you know, you might want to, um, you know, you might want to start bargaining, that kind of a thing, you know, so that's kind of like, I was more in shock. I wasn't really denying, but it's like, I sure wanted to bargain. <laughs> I bet. You know? yeah. mm-hmm. And then it just kind of comes in, you know, it just kind of comes and goes and it just, you know, you can, you can get one piece of that done and then kind of move through. And then all of a sudden that one piece that you had handled before 
comes up again in what I call grief bursts. You know, you just have just these little bursts all the time of, um, of memory and then of grief. And sometimes it's something big and sometimes it's nothing. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, it just happens. Yeah. So, and I think when people learn about the stages of grief, it, they kind of, it's kind of taught in a way that's, that feels linear. And so I'm glad you mentioned that because it's not linear. And exactly like you said, you could maybe start in anger and then move to bargaining or, you know, and spend a little bit of time in acceptance and then go all the way back to denial. It just, you move all around and the, as a whole, you end up spending more and more time in acceptance, but you never quit feeling all the other things or quit experiencing all the other things. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. So tell me where we can find the Love Hard Project and what kind of services you offer or where um, people can talk to you or reach out to. Okay, so I have a Facebook group. It's hashtag uh, Love Hard Project. That's the one that I started, you know, that I founded like right off. And then Instagram is at Love Hard Project. That's where you can find me mostly. I also have um, a tell grief to take a hike Instagram and that's my program. So little um, secret here that will stay a secret because it's not, this isn't going to air until um, after, but tomorrow is Kylie's birthday and tomorrow I am launching my program. Oh, I'm so happy I got to interview you today. That's so cool. And so the program is called Tell Grief to Take a Hike. And hike is like an acronym. And it stands for um, healing intentionally with the kindness of earth. So I do a lot of nature stuff because that's really where I I got a lot of my healing um, is out in nature. And it is intentional. You, You can't just sit back and be like, okay, well, time, you know, time will help me to heal. And it really doesn't. It's what you do with the time that helps you heal. It's like what you, what you focus on intentionally to do is what is going to help with that healing process. So first of all, I love the names, um, love hard. I love that because I feel like that just embodies who you are as a person and your energy. And I know that people can't see you on zoom and, but like, just by hearing your voice and your story, they know that you, you love hard. Like I can just tell you, you love, but then I love the (laughs) <laughs> the take a hike thing as well. And so what it, what comes in the program or what does the program entail? So the program is going to be um, eight weeks. The first week is just it's Zoom. We get together on Zoom. Make sure that this is um, a program that people are really ready for because I do ask that they're ready to heal, like that they're ready to do some, you know, some deep and some kind of hard work. Um, and it's not just going to be, you know, this program where it's, it's like a feel good thing. Okay. So, and then I have seven modules and it just kind of, um, walks you through, like one of my modules is, uh, busting the myth of, of, um, death, you know, like I, like I said earlier, and then, um, just practicing gratitude, um, what kinds of things can we do to help us to remember our child um, is in one of them. And then I go through a lot of the nature stuff um, in, in a module. So we just kind of break it all down and figure out like what's all underneath. And there's a lot of writing in it. I, I have space there for people to write and journal um, because I feel like that's a really, really good way um, to get the words out that maybe they can't you know, say to even their closest people. Um, 
So it's a, so it's seven modules. And then I um, weekly, we will uh, meet together once a week and just kind of go over what was in that module and see if, if they have any questions or, um, you know, any feedback for, for me and see what they, how they feel about that module and if they're ready to move on. What a great way to celebrate Kylie's life. And I think that she definitely, no, no matter what you believe about the afterlife, I think she is fully supporting that and here for that because yeah. you're taking, you know, such a hard thing for you and your family and um, really using it to, to do good in the world. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that she's, that she's accepting of this and is help, actually helping me, you know, along the way. Because I have these little downloads and I'm like, whoa, that's pretty intense. And I wouldn't have thought of that on my own. <laughs> yeah, that's Kylie up there, like sending you information. Yeah. Huh? yeah. So I don't know if you've listened to the podcast before, but I have everyone share a mom fail or something kind of funny that has happened as a mom. So like mine is usually that my kids uh, run around the yard naked because they, and, and I have to chase them or, um, trying to think throwing like eggs on the floor, just something that they've done or that you've maybe done like accidentally swearing at them or them, them swearing because you've sworn in front of them or whatever it is. So can you think of anything from when your kids were young? I know your kids are grown now, but that is like, especially funny. They're all grown. Um, well, they did some funny things. I don't know. Um, one time I walked in and my third child was being very quiet in the bathroom, but I heard the water running in the tub and I walked in and he had um, a, a full head of um, shaving cream that he had, you know, pushed out of the, of the shaving can. It was <laughs> on top of his head and it's just like this little white wig. And he knew he probably shouldn't be doing that. And so he was, he was, the reason the water was on in the tub is because he had this um, pop can and he was trying to get enough water in there to like um, get, the, <laughs> so, get the shaving cream out of his head. So he's like looking up at me with his pop can, you know, trying to clean off his head. Um, so that's, that's a story that I, that I always remember. And then he also ate frozen butter out of my freezer. So <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, yeah, he just wanted to, I think shaving cream is fun to play with. So he just wanted to like, see what a, a white, uh, wig would look like on him. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> well, thank um, you so much for coming on today. And I will, um, in the show notes, I'll link your, uh, Instagram and your Facebook group so that people know where to find you. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking about, you know, about this and helping people um, decide if they're, if they're ready to take that journey, do some healing. Yes. And I would highly recommend that anyone who is going through this, reach out to you and join your program because I think it can be really beneficial and it's something that the world needs. Yes, I agree. Thank you. If you want more, of mindful as a mother, you can find me on Instagram at Lynn's underscore Adams LCSW. Once again, at Lynn's L-I-N-D-S underscore Adams LCSW.